Hello and welcome on into the PHFL NFL podcast here for our Super Wildcard Weekend Review. That's what they were calling it this year, weren't they? It's not just whatever. Got there eventually. Yeah, exactly. Super Wildcard Weekend. Six games in total, three from the AFC, three from the NFC. And we're here to talk to you about our, our thoughts for all six of those games. And if you've for some reason not watched them or know any of the results, then you'll find the results out here as well, but... You say that as if you would be surprised if people hadn't watched them. This ah, is the whole point in this podcast. That's true, remember, that's, that's true yeah, exactly. The people listen to this to find out the results. Ah, yeah, We're exactly. like um, Sky Super Soccer Saturday. So I'm a Jeff Sterling. The NFL. What does that make you if um, I'm Jeff Sterling? <laughs> well, I've got a pair of specs on, so I'll be Charlie Nicholas. Because he doesn't wear his specs when he's driving home. <laughs> oh, that's Sorry, that was a really bad joke. Poor, poor banter. As always, as you've heard already, we're, well, uh, we're joined by Kai and by Mikey. You've not said anything yet, Mikey. Have you finished your nice smoothie? I was just waiting for all this all this hilarious, hilarious patter. <laughs> I thought maybe... He just couldn't contain himself. I thought maybe we'd, uh, we'd lost yeah. Mikey there, you know, uh, maybe a bit like Chris I Kamara. I had myself from, from laughing so much at Kai's jokes there. <laughs> it's just the usual, isn't it? Right. Let, that's all the banter out of the way. Is that it? No more banter for the rest of the show? Is that what we're going to go with? Oh, no. serious, Come serious, on. Podcast. Uh, serious podcast. Well, let's seriously start with the first game we had on Saturday of the three, which I think, as we were watching it, all three of us said this was a really good game. We very much enjoyed watching it. Uh, the Buffalo Bills beating the Indianapolis Colts 27 points to 24. Um, I quite enjoyed watching that game. I thought it was. Uh, it could have went either way. I think some of us who had predicted the Bills or perhaps even put money on the Bills were getting slightly worried uh, that the Colts... Uh, might do something in this game, but uh, but in the end, I say a three-point win for the Bills. Um, not as convincing a victory, I don't think, for the Bills as perhaps some folk expected. I think worrying for them is the fact that they had basically, I say no running game, they rushed for 96 yards, but the actual running backs didn't do much of the running, and they're fairly reliant on Josh Allen. Probably more worrying is that they didn't rush very well, and now they've lost their, their lead rusher for the game. Uh, and Zach Moss, who's now out for the rest of the season with a some sort of ankle injury, I think. They brought um, in so uh, Devonta Freeman. <laughs> yes, the, but they've, they brought him into the practice squad, so I'm not entirely sure what's going on there. Um, I'd imagine he'll probably be elevated into the active roster at some point. Yes, um, but yeah, I would I would go as far to say as probably for excitement's sake, this was potentially the best game of the weekend. I think. Um, there was probably other games that were higher scoring and, and maybe ended up being a bit more um, mad, shall we say. But this one was, was certainly... I was on the edge, literally right on the edge of the couch for the last, what, minute and a half because uh, there was all sorts of stuff going on. The longest uh, review ever of the fumble that wasn't a fumble but really, I think, should have been a fumble. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, both quarterbacks... Very, very efficient. Um, no turnovers in the game, uh, off interceptions. Uh, it was a both offenses played relatively well here. I would say surprising on the Colts side since the Colts don't have the the most uh, efficient of offenses. Excuse sometimes. me, Jonathan Taylor. Thank you very much. <laughs> I would say his twenty-one attempts for seventy-eight yards is um, lack of efficiency. Uh, not usually. They were, they were trying to pound the rock, weren't they, with him? <laughs> um, but the yeah, I think the Bills probably deserved it in the end. I think they'll just be delighted to get it over the line and go into another week. First, I think that was their first playoff win since nineteen ninety five. 
Um, certainly so a long time, yeah. All the pressure off their shoulders now. They've done what they came in to do and yeah. to see where it takes them. Mikey, with what, the MVP at the helm. I was going to say, Mikey, what are your uh, opinions on this game? And Kai's already said I, MVP I think... and Josh Allen. Hmm? <laughs> I'm just going to ignore that. Yeah, but you're still with the jokes. I, know, I thought we'd. Uh, I thought we said we were putting them to the wayside. No, I, I said um, it in a total serious podcast no, now. I think um, this is when, in terms of the Bills, obviously with the massive play, playoff drought that they had over the last 20 years, and then obviously they got in last year and lost to the Texans. Um, I think this was always going to be a close game, even if the Bills were putting up 50 points for 16 games in the regular season, just because of that uh, mental inability to maybe get things done in the playoffs but they got it done I mean I've not been a fan of the Colts all season I've just nothing's really excited me about them and here we were in the third quarter and I was willing them on to win I was desperate for them to win I was desperate for Philip Rivers to win his first Super Bowl ring kind of thing that's just the the magic of the playoffs that happens so um, it's it's a shame that the Colts went out the way they did that they put up a really really good challenge to probably one of the best three teams in the league at the moment. Um, but in the end, the Bills were just too dangerous in every aspect of the field to to get things over the line. Yeah, and I don't know how the two of you feel. I think the Colts were one piece away from possibly being a Super Bowl team here, and that was a quarterback. I think they're a quarterback away. Because yeah. I think their whole roster is definitely more than capable of progressing well into the, the postseason. But I think... Nothing against Philip Rivers. He's definitely going to be a Hall of Famer, I think. That's my opinion. Uh, even though he doesn't have the Super Bowl rings, but I just don't think he's quite got that, just that extra bit just to get them there. If they had a, a yeah. slightly more kind of dynamic quarterback, I think this this whole squad, this one of the best rosters in the league, I think, um, they could have went a little bit further. And they've got a lot of young players as well, which could prove useful for, for next season uh, and beyond. It'll be interesting to see come next season... What happens with the quarterback scenario? I don't think Philip Rivers will be back. I know this is a conversation really for another podcast where we'll talk about off-season moves and stuff, but um, I would be surprised if you see Philip Rivers back, to be honest. I think it was showing at parts this season that he's maybe just gone a year too far and his body's not quite doing what it what it could do. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens at quarterback. Also be interesting to see they've obviously got Marlon Mack to come back off at IR. Be interesting to see how he slots into that extremely overloaded running back room. I was Does he to, even come back? I was trying to work out if his contract's up at the end of the year. I'm not sure what the, the deal is with that. But you'd have thought with the emergence of Jonathan Taylor that uh, they'd be kind of You would happy, imagine he might try and go elsewhere. Yeah, but. happy to use Taylor on his rookie deal and save money uh, elsewhere yeah. in the team. Um, yeah, all in all, it was a good, one thing good that, start. One thing that the Colts did really well was work the clock. Um, they were kind of treating this game as a a game that most people would do against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is the longer we can stay on the field, the longer we keep Josh Allen off the field, basically. Um, or that offence with obviously Diggs and, and the running backs, as you've previously mentioned, because they, they were winding the the, uh, the snap clock down right to double zeros pretty much every time. I think, <clears throat> excuse me, on a few occasions, they were getting penalties for delay of game. They were really just trying to milk the clock over and over. And it almost worked out for them. I think it was a perfectly executed game plan. There was a few decisions, though, that just really jarred me with Frank Reich. There was a, a fourth and goal where they should have just kicked a field goal. Um, just a few decisions. I think they wanted to kind of make a big statement in the playoffs, obviously being the lower seed. Um, but if they just played it safe, 
I don't think they realised how close the game would be in the later stretches. I think they thought they were in for a shootout and that's why they had to go for these kind of fourth and goal situations. Um, they just kicked few goals and kind of stayed safe. They probably would have won the game. So, But that that's, again, if, if you bring in a better quarterback, no disrespect to uh, Philip Rivers, obviously it's just time's coming to an end for him. If you bring in a better quarterback and you've still got this phenomenal defence, um, the running backs, as we've mentioned, some really good wide receivers, if T.Y. Hilton continues that form, Michael Pittman, etc., I think this team could go even further in the playoffs next year for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think they're one just, of the um, teams to go further. I just had a wee look there just while you two were, were chatting away about that. Marlon Mack's a free agent this year. Yeah. I, um, I, so I can't see them I can't see them taking his contract up and offering him a new deal. No, I don't Because obviously Jonathan Taylor's emerged. Naeem Hines is in there. You, you don't really need... No, you, you don't Marlon need Mack on top of that. You would just be forcing people in for the sake of it. Yeah. Um, I feel like we've not spoke about the Bills here, but the one person I think you've got to give credit here, and I know we all like him very much, but especially this week, was Cole Beasley, who apparently was injured and was struggling a lot during this game, and he said he played through it, and after the game, I saw an interview with him that said that numerous times during the game, if it hadn't been a playoff game, I think he said he would have come off, um, and he, he probably wouldn't have battled through it, but he said he just wanted to get it over the line. And you could see it. There was a couple of times he was getting the ball and he was hobbling about. Um, you could tell he was in a bit of pain, but yeah, Bill's just do enough to get it over the line, as Mikey says. Yep, certainly. They certainly do, and they obviously progress to next weekend for the divisional rounds, um, where they will play the the second lowest seeded AFC team that gets through, which I'm sure will come to. Find out about in a minute. Very, very soon, exactly. <laughs> For all you there waiting with bated breath, just in case you don't know. Um, I think we all agreed that we thought that was a really good game. We very much enjoyed it, even though it's, say it was 27-24, not exactly low scoring, but compared to some games of the weekend, it was slightly lower scoring. Um, the next game, uh, I can't say the same for. Um, Mikey said that he was enjoying watching it, I think, but I think me and Kai both agreed we didn't particularly, c- compared to the first game, we didn't enjoy the Rams Seahawks game quite uh, as much. Um, the Rams ended up winning the game thirty points to twenty, uh, in no small part to Cam Akers and his one hundred thirty-one rushing yards. Um, obviously, uh, Jared Goff was not starting the game; uh, he was the backup after recovering from his. Well, I say recovering. Had he really recovered? Because it still looked a bit sore. Uh, recovering from his injured thumb which he had surgery on two weeks ago. I, I still can't believe that. He had, what, three pins put in his thumb and two weeks later he's playing a game of football, which is yep. unbelievable. But he came in... In the playoffs against a division rival. Aye, exactly. He, he came in, to be fair, I don't think he was any worse than he normally is. Um, nine completions, exactly. Uh, but he, he came in, he was really, really rusty to begin with. Cooper Cup made a great catch and it was nothing to do with the throw. It was all to do with Cooper Cup <laughs> coming back to get that ball. Um but yeah, I don't think the Rams played particularly amazing. Obviously, their defence is really good. I just think that Seahawks team, the second half of the season, have just crumbled, especially that offence. I think, was it you that had said, Mikey, or between the two of you within within a group chat where we were watching it, this is the second worst Seahawks performance we've seen all season. Uh, the only one that would probably rival it was against the Giants, but I think you could probably argue back and forward about what one was worse, but when you're on the big stage in a game like this, they just seem to totally disappear into the into the darkness. Um, Russell I, Wilson I would, had 11 would, completions would, from 27 attempts. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it's just... I, the Seahawks have been good. 
in spells this season, but I think they've just been far too inconsistent. You just never know what you're getting from them. Um, one week you could have a great performance and like we've done, put them in the Super Bowl, and then you look at this week and you wonder what on earth has happened for the rest of the season. Um, mad, but yeah. I, I mean, the, the Rams probably got there on their far superior defence as well. Yes, I would certainly agree. Sacking now Russell Wilson five times was a big point in this game. Uh, Mikey, your boy DK Metcalf with uh, two touchdowns. Yeah, but a, a very strange performance because obviously there was a lot of media attention on Metcalf versus Jalen Ramsey. Um, that was what everybody wanted to see. They, they, uh, they do have obviously great respect for each other as well. And um, five receptions, 96 yards and two touchdowns. But the two, I don't think either of the touchdowns came when he was Jalen Ramsey was was on him as well. Um, no, I saw I something Jalen there. Most of the night, I think he was only Jalen Ramsey held him to maybe thirty yards or something like that. Yeah, um, three, three receptions, thirty three yards. I think I saw earlier when Jalen Ramsey was lined yeah. up against them. I mean, we we've, we've spoke in length about the the fact that during the regular season you don't know what you're going to get with Metcalf and Lockett in the same game. You're either going to get a big game from one of them and hardly any uh, statistics from the other, whether that be in a fantasy perspective or just in a regular game. And when it comes to the playoff, you're really needing both of those guys to to really push and help, um, to push and help Russell Wilson. And Metcalf did that. I just feel that Lockett maybe could have done more. Two receptions for 43 yards. Um, just this is a game where you need your experienced big players to really, really show up. Um, and they didn't do that this week, and that includes Russell Wilson, if I'm completely honest. So, um, just I feel that the the Seahawks always show how good a regular season team they are, but when it comes to playing elite elite teams, that they can struggle. And um, my worry is that they just put too much emphasis on Russell Wilson. They, they've they've re-signed John Schneider, even though the Lions were were looking to hire him as their GM. He's just signed a contract extension to 2027, I believe, but. He's got a real tough task on his hand to either support this defence with Jamal Adams that have been seriously struggling throughout the season. Um, and they just need to think about how best to move forward because Wilson is entering the latter stages of his career. He's not anywhere near retirement, obviously, but um, they're going to need to really think what they want to do this off-season to try and bring this team a new identity because they don't really have an identity this season and I think that's what they've struggled with mostly. Well, I thought... Uh... Obviously, they, they had no Carson for a while and they're struggling with the running game. And I thought, all right, when they get the running backs back, you know, they'll, the offense will start rolling again. And it's the complete opposite. They seem to do better than they didn't have a running game. Um, but big news for them, uh, which was announced last night, was that the Seahawks have fired their offensive coordinator, uh, Brian Schottenheimer. Um, uh, they, they had a meeting, apparently, and uh, I'm quoting from Adam Schefter here, there were philosophical differences between Schottenheimer and head coach Pete Carroll. And there's also yeah. rumours that I've heard that Schottenheimer's called plays, Pete Carroll's hearing it in the headset, and Carroll is overruling that play that's been called. And that's why the Seahawks were coming to the line so late. A lot of the time they were coming like five seconds to go to the, up, up to the line. Um, obviously quite a lot of differences there, which could be quite interesting to see for the, the Seahawks. Uh, but as you say, Mikey, they've signed the, the general manager on it. It was two. 2027 draft is signed on to, so that could be uh, good for the Seahawks. But I think uh, possibly a wee, a wee 
change of offensive mindset might help this offence, to be honest, because they've definitely got the talent. When you see you've got Russell Wilson, Chris Carson, Metcalf, Lockett, you know, you've got enough there to, to be a good offence. I uh, just need someone to, to run it properly. Do we have anything else we want to talk about in this game before we move to the, the last game of Saturday? Uh, I would say the most glaring thing about this game and probably the best thing to leave it on is the fact that there was 15 punts in the game. That tells you Seven for the Rams, eight for the Seahawks. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, exactly, let's move on. I think just one, one last thing is, uh, the yes, the Rams are winning ugly this season, but they're winning games because of that defence. And obviously we'll get to who they'll play in the playoffs, but it's a worry for any team they're going to face between now and uh, the end of this playoff run is that this defense is, can win them games like single-handedly. They almost they almost don't need an offense. That's how good their defense is. Um, in a weird way, even though they've got Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, they've, they've almost kind of flown under the radar this season because of, you've had other big um, defenses that have played so well, like the Steelers and the Colts and things like that. So um, I just really, really worry I think that's maybe a bit of foresight. I worry about who the Rams, as are anybody that's coming up against the Rams, should be worried about them just because of their defence alone. Yes, and obviously Aaron Donald has got a wee bit of sore ribs, isn't it, that he says he's going to play through in the next round. Uh, but that could affect right, how that. he does. I mean, even if he even if he has if he has only half his ribs, he'd still be like a top 10 defender in the league <laughs> rather than just being the best defender in the league. That's true. Just Nothing's going to stop him. Make sure nobody lands on him. Otherwise, he'll be a wee bit, a wee bit sore. Um, let's move on to the last game of Saturday. Then it was our uh, another NFC game. The Bucks going to the the Washington Football Team. Alex Smith said, "Nap, don't want to play this one. Thanks." Uh, calf still a bit sore. So it was a a start for Taylor Heineke, um, who. I think, a great performance. I was going to say, I think we all can agree. Maybe statistically it wasn't amazing, but see, when you watched it, I must say I was really impressed with him. I think he's got himself some money next season, certainly. Bear in mind, what, a month ago he was sat in a lecture theatre, wasn't it? I'm sure that's what they said. Um, yep. And then he'd, been, he'd signed on to the... He was trying to get his, I think it was a, a mechanical engineering degree, and when he got called up to the practice squad for, the, for Washington on the 8th of December, I believe, he had to ask his lecturers if he could have an extension on his exams. <laughs> and they were like, well, I mean, why? What reason? What reason must you have? He was like, well, just been picked up by the Washington Football Team, and I, I might, I might play the playoffs. So I think that's a good enough reason to ask anyone. Yes, I, I have a feeling. As I say, I think he's going to get paid. Uh, maybe not a huge amount, but I think he'll certainly get signed onto a roster uh, during this off season after that performance. Tampa Bay won thirty-one points to twenty-three. Um, as we say on the Washington Football Team side of the ball. Let's just not talk about Tony Gibson. He was struggling against that rush defense of Tampa Bay, but that we know that that Bucks uh, rush defense is one of the best in the league. Um, but can I just touch on Heineke one last time? That was one amazing rushing touchdown, wasn't it? The the way he leaped for that was outstanding. That was almost you know Jackson esque in the way that he did it. The uh, the confidence that you've got to have, especially in a game where like the whole. I say the whole world is watching you. Everyone that's watching that game is singling in on him because they're going, right, this is a guy we've never seen before. What's he got about him? And to have the confidence to to go and do that, and it, it was impressive. I think, he, about it well. I think he just played with absolutely was, no fear. It was a third down, and he, he rolled out for the run and got the first down. 
nine, nine out of ten quarterbacks would. Slide. I think maybe anybody apart from Tyler Henneke and maybe Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen would have completely just just slid down, and that's it. And I'm including Kyler Murray in that sentence because I know that he doesn't like to get hit as much, whereas Josh Allen's a bit of a bulldozer. Heineke could have just went down. It's a playoff game. You, there's huge implications. Take it, and you've got you've got as you said. I know he wasn't playing well, but you've got Antonio Gibson. Um, you probably would have scored a touchdown. Let's let's put it that way on yeah. on first and goal. I'd like to think, especially in the playoffs. But he, in his head, is thinking as exactly what Kai said. Like nobody knows who I am. I need to make a statement here. I need to make my team believe in me as well, which I think was the most important thing because you've seen when he got the touchdown, Chase Young coming up and pointing at the name in his back as if to say, remember the name. Like that was, I just think it was, I mean, I would go as far to say as I think that will be known as a, a big playoff moment in history. I know they lost the game and stuff, but um, years years from now, five, ten years time, when you play all these famous playoff clips, I think that would definitely make it just because of the whole narrative around Washington this season um, playing against Tom Brady's Bucks and just the uh, the heart to, to go in for that touchdown was just incredible. Do you think Washington will sign him to be the quarterback, or do you think he'll go somewhere else? I think so, yeah. Only because of the, the quarterback situation they've got just now. Alex Smith's not forever, and obviously his injury concern, uh, concerns are well documented. Dwayne Haskins is gone. I think so. I think if he was playing for, like, uh, say he was playing for the coach just now and Philip Rivers got injured and he came in and put in that performance. I don't I don't really think it would be happening. But I think Washington might take a chance on him as a, either a backup or, or their starting QB. I don't know about Kai. Uh, yeah, I would tend to agree, to be honest. I think they've got to... They've probably gone round the quarterback roundabout quite a few times in the last few years. Um, and they've maybe... Ended up in some some difficult situations. Dwayne Haskins being probably the most difficult in recent time. Um, he didn't exactly repay them for their faith in him. But I think it's not as if they're taking it. Well, they they are still taking a bit of a shot on him because he's he's only played one game. But um, I think he's shown in that game if he can keep up that level of performance, then he's he's definitely a good uh, a good option to have. And if it is to sit behind Alex Smith and jump in while Alex Smith's injured or whatnot or share the share the snaps, whatever. However they want to do it, I think it would be a good option to have. You, you've heard it from Kai there. He said that Heineke is going to sit behind Mahomes. Uh, sorry, sit behind Smith. Sit behind Mahomes? Sit, sit behind Smith just <laughs> Mahomes like... Mahomes is going to Washington, breaking news. <laughs> <laughs> sit behind Smith just like Mahomes did in Kansas City and Heineke is going to be like Patrick Mahomes. That's just what Kai said there. <laughs> If that's what you want to take from that statement... Heineke will win the MVP in two years' time. Yeah. That's no, he'll win, it, he'll win it this year, that's it. Oh, well, what, what never played a regular yeah. season snap. Uh, he's no, he played, against the Pan- he played against the Panthers, did he not? He came on. Put in a yeah. decent performance against yeah. the Panthers. Yeah, he, but, had, um, he had a half, I, t- I mean, t- Terry McLaurin came out and said, and this, this is a quote, I'll take number four on my team any day of the week, twice on Sunday. I hope we're teammates in the future. So, And then, obviously, as we said about Chase Young and stuff, there's people rallying around this guy for sure. Um, and... Even how, though we said it wasn't like a massively great statistical performance, it was the PFF's highest graded quarterback on wildcard weekend. No, that's Which I think amazing. just says it all, considering you've got Philip Rivers, Jared Goff, Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Tannehill, Big Ben, you name it. Like it's um, So, yeah, I, I hope to see more of him in the league because he was very exciting. And I hope know, he plays with that kind of heart, of, and even in the regular season games. You know, one of the players you didn't even mention there, uh, Mikey, was... The, his competition at quarterback in this game, he had a higher rating than Tom Brady, who passed the ball twenty-two times, 
381 yeah, yards. We're talking about touchdowns. the losing teams an awful lot. Yeah, well, you see, we'll talk we, about the we teams. We talk about the Colts, the Colts and the Seahawks because uh, the other teams we can talk about in the future weeks, exactly. Exactly. Um, but but Brady That's, obviously I passing the ball to Evans, Godwin, Brown. I said to you, I'm sure, uh, in our chat as this game was on, asking, how would you rank those three receivers if you were the defensive coordinator of Washington to try and cover them with your top three cornerbacks? And to be honest, what you need is three number one cornerbacks, don't you? It's it's all it's yeah. basically like a, a Pro Bowl roster of wide receivers. Like It's a Pro Bowl game. Like You need to put three Pro Bowl wide, uh, cornerbacks on them. To, to try and contain them. I'm not saying stop them by any means. Because I think Kai said at some point uh, during the game, it was basically just kind of... Pra- no disrespect to Washington, obviously. Chase Young, and um, they, they, I thought they, they did play well and they put up a lot of, a lot of fight, but it was a pretty much of a kind of training drill for Tom Brady uh, at times. He was making it look so easy. He was just... Uh, he's, he's played a lot, obviously. He's played a lot of playoff games and he'll have played a lot of like nail-biting, difficult playoff games. I don't think he even got a first or second gear to, to win that. I think he just kind of breezed through it. Um, I mean, he was just over 50% completion, but he, he did try and throw the ball 40-odd times. Uh, but that's just Tom Brady and his experience in playoffs. He can do it in his sleep now. Yeah. Leonard Fournette, I was impressed with him, both on the ground and through the air as well. I think he's had a real re-emergence uh, at this Tampa Bay Bucks team. Obviously, with Rojo getting injured early on as well. Keyshawn Vaughn had a few snaps, which uh, uh, hopefully might mean he gets some more snaps next season for my dynasty team. Uh, since what, he's sat what, there. what did you call him, Mikey? Keyshawn Vaughn. How, uh, how did you spell his name? I think it was Keystore, Keystore Vince Vaughn or something like that. <laughs> Keystore Vince Vaughn. Goodness me. Uh, for anyone who's not British, for they can understand Keystore, really? Is that... <laughs> Probably not. It's not. It's not. Um, there'll be there'll be a lot of British people probably don't understand Key Store. Either. Uh, it was it was uh, Keyshawn Vince Vaughn. Keyshawn Vince Vaughn. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good performance of the Bucks. To be honest, they they beat the team they had to beat. Uh, in the end, I think I think almost everybody agreed that Washington may have been, if they weren't the worst, they were probably the second worst team in this wild card weekend. Uh, going into it anyway. Uh, in terms of talent, yeah. uh, and it was a, a good win for the Bucks, uh, and they'll be happy to progress to the next round. Do you have anything else to say before we move on to Sunday's games? That no. looks like good. a no. no. That was a, a lovely silence, uh, which is good for a podcast. Radio uh, silence. <laughs> exactly. Let's move on to Sunday then. We're moving back to the AFC, and we're moving on to two of the, the kind of best statistical run. Uh, Excuse me, two of the best statistical uh, quarterbacks uh, in the NFL this season, uh, and Ryan Tannehill and Lamar Jackson. In the end, Lamar Jackson. Uh, I don't quite understand this narrative. A lot of people were saying that you know, oh, oh, he's he's not able to win uh, playoff games. I'm like, give the boy a chance. He's he only just right, turned twenty four. Exactly. You know, I'm like, give him a, a chance at it. And he indeed, he did have a chance at it. And he beat yep. the Titans 20 points to 13. Mikey, before I even say anything, I'm just going to throw this over to you and let you discuss what you want to talk about in this game. You can start. You normally don't get to start, so I'll give it to you to start. <laughs> no, I think at the, the start of the game, I think you two both said in, in our group chat that it was a bit hum-ho. Like, I think everyone was expecting I backed the over. I put a lot of money on the over. And uh, obviously that never happened. But at the start, I love playoff games where defences just set the tone for the rest of the day. I think there was a few three-and-outs at the very start of the game. It was just 
rough, it was hard hitting, it was a bit scrappy. And I, th- I said to you as well, it, it felt like it was a, a divisional game it, with playoff implications on the line or something like that. I mean, they don't even play in the same division. Um, it was amazing to watch. Uh, the crowd, I don't know how many people were actually in attendance. I don't know if it says on the stat sheet. It does um, somewhere. Yeah, but it was. It felt like it was a, a packed out crowd, basically. 14,000 um, 14, there. Know, I think it was 21% yeah. capacity they were allowed. Uh, 14,000. Yeah, there was a, a lot of noise from the Titans fans, obviously, up until the end of the game. Again, you're always looking at narratives going into these kind of games and what happened in the regular season with the Titans coming out and standing on the Ravens logo. Um, and it obviously all ended with the Marcus Peters interception that ended up with all the Ravens players on the Titans logo. But again, we love stuff like that. We love a stat on the podcast and we love a good narrative as well. Oh, so, yeah. Um, that was, I, I think, the biggest thing in this game. Obviously, there's a few things to talk about, but I think the biggest point that we need to talk about is obviously Derek Henry. I think the whole world's eyes were on Derek Henry for this game because we know, A, towards the end of the season, he catches fire. Towards the end of games, he catches fire. And in the playoffs, he's been known to have a few big games as well but 18 rushing attempts for 40 yards average 2.2 a carry it's just unheard of for Derek Henry and in saying that it's also unheard of for this Ravens D I think that's the biggest surprise of this is they were the ones that were able to contain um, Derek Henry so this was obviously as you said Adam a, a big a game of the running backs um, or just obviously Lamar Jackson falls under that category for the time being as well but um I knew the Ravens were going to run the ball a lot, but I also thought the Titans were as well. And it was a massive shock that they kept Derek Henry so quiet for the rest of the game. That's um, his lowest rushing yard total in a game where he's had more than 15 carries in his career. Arguably probably his worst performance in his career, then you could say. Um, And he's probably done it at the worst time because... if, if I'm being honest, I, I think the the Ravens were there for the taking. If the Titans had come out and put on a good performance, I think they would have probably bowled them over, to be honest, because I don't really think the Ravens actually had to play that well to win this. Um, they just stuck to what they know, um, kept the ball on the ground. It's, I mean, Lamar Jackson, as a quarterback, takeaways, Russian prowess, that was a pathetic playoff performance um, from a quarterback. I for quarterback's sake but that's not what you know Lamar Jackson for um, and obviously we were talking about Taylor Heineke's rushing touchdown and then Lamar Jackson goes a uh, one up you and run the ball in for almost a halfway line um, yeah I think I think the Titans will probably be, be very disappointed in that performance I think they'll come away kind of ruin a couple of missed chances um, like I say I think the Ravens were probably there for the taking and a good performance would have beat them but uh, you've just got to win how you can win and the Ravens will certainly take it uh, and move on. Yes, uh-huh. I agree. I, I think, think we were saying, it. sorry, uh, 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 we were obviously discussing the, the throwing aspect of Lamar Jackson we were just saying how his receivers have to kind of step up a wee bit. Yeah, I think he needs a receiver to throw the ball to first. Hollywood Brown's obviously been non-existent pretty much most of the season. Until today. Uh, until this game. Um, we literally again. I think he was listening to the podcast in his helmet because I said during the po- during the game that I just <laughs> don't think Marquise Brown's good enough. I just think he had a decent first season, and I think he's he's been pretty poor this season. 
And I literally said that in the first quarter, and then he goes off for seven receptions, 109 yards. Like, it's it's the PHFL curse, I think. Yeah, exactly. If, see if you have a player who's not doing well, just let us know. We'll talk about them, <laughs> and then they'll go and do well. Um, we'll be absolutely inundated by offers over the off-season. <laughs> exactly. like, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, personal we messages. tell you who we don't need to talk about, though. We don't need to talk about Patrick Ricard. No, we don't. Because he's good enough. Rick. He doesn't need to. He doesn't put in poor performances. He's now a tight end. He's now a fullback. He's now you name it, defensive tackle. He's all over the place. I think he was player of the game. If I'm completely honest with you, like so some of the blockings, he, some of the blocks uh, he was making, and obviously three receptions for 26 yards. Um, just for a guy to come in who is naturally a defensive tackle and he has been playing fullback at times this season to now come in and play in passing schemes as well, like it takes someone with a really high football IQ to come in and do something like that and to do it so seamlessly as well in a playoff game and none like someone comes in and does that in week six of the season and maybe catches a couple of balls you're thinking wow that's amazing that he's actually managed to do that but with this kind of game with the narrative as we spoke about for Paddy Ricky to come out and do something like that was <laughs> was seriously special yeah I, I'm going to go out and say he's now a friend of the show he's he, now a he's friend, now of, a friend show, of the show okay you say that yeah. as if it's like a, a... A big claim to say that he's been a friend of the show for week one. Yeah, exactly. Him and you the, are now our friend. Him and Nick Mullins. There you go. What a, what a party we'll have with the two of them. That'll be great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just, I'm just going to quickly jump back and ask you a question about Derek Henry. Obviously, he's now been the Russian leader the last two seasons. You know, he was what two thousand yards this year. Was he just burned out? Is that what happened? Did he just use him too much throughout the season, and he was just burned out for the playoffs? Um, I oh, think they probably with him and him and Vrabel as well. They, they were having a bit of words on the sideline. I don't know what what was happening there, but um, I just think yeah, you put this down to just a just an off day, to be honest. He can't be he can't be the best running back in the world every single game, week in week out. Like there there will be times, like you say, Mikey, where he just doesn't have a a good day, and I think it's just been unfortunate that it's fallen on probably the worst game it possibly could. Um, I think they ended up running him into the ground last week to try and push him over that 2,000-yard line. And maybe he's paid the price for it come this week. Um, but, again, I, I think that's probably part of the issue then as well, is if you look to him too often to have performances that you come to expect of him and he doesn't, and that's what loses you a game, then you maybe need to look to see elsewhere are other people not performing every other week that, that have been papered. It's kind of papered over the cracks, him being so good. Um, do you maybe need to go, right, well, if you can't perform, then someone needs to step up or other players need to step up in his absence. There doesn't uh, seem to uh, be Corey someone Davis. that can do that. <coughs> Corey Davis. <laughs> I mean, I would personally, if I was a, a Titans fan, I would rather see Derek Henry run for a thousand yards and really work this off season on the pass catching abilities. Yeah. Like that that's just completely absent from his game. Completely. Um the only time he ever gets I mean th- three receptions for eleven yards, it's always checkdowns. Whereas you see players like Austin Eckler, Alvin Kamara, Christian McCaffrey, like they're actually making proper wide receiver routes as a yeah. running back. And that's just one thing that Derek Henry's never been able to to add into his game and in the off-season last season, I've seen him, videos of him working out like crazy and catching a lot of balls. And I thought, right, maybe this season we'll start to see it more. But we haven't. And I don't know if you're Mike Vrabel, you're going to want to kind of focus on that. Or if you're, I mean, I'm saying that, I mean, they're obviously going to be happy that they've got a guy running for 2,000 yards in a season. Especially when you've got people like AJ Brown and uh, Corey Davis. But 
I don't know if that's one thing that the Titans need to add to their game in order to kind of progress further than the AFC Championship last year and wildcard this weekend. Uh, this weekend for, this a, year. for a man of Henry's physique, do you not think it's quite hard for him to run you know, good routes and, and cuts and stuff like that? Like When you see him run, he's very he's much... He's got a too many of, muscles in his hands <laughs> that he, he can't physically catch the ball. He's very much a, a kind of north-south... I, 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 that's a bit harsh to say that, but like it's not like he's doing huge juke moves and spins to get around people. He's pushing folk yeah, out the way, you know. So, so actually, yeah. I, I do get that, a lot of these routes might be quite. I'm, I'm not saying I want to see the guy. I'm not saying I want to see the guy get a thousand yards like Kamara and McCaffrey, McCaffrey and stuff. But I, I do want to see more. That's that's all I'm saying. I'm 400 yards maybe in a season potentially. Does it maybe I they the need to? Does it maybe they need to fall on someone else? Does it fall on one of the you know the running back two or three? Or... To become the pass catching running back, so that you know if Derek Henry's your downhill running back, you've got a pass catching back in. Uh, you can have them both yeah, on the play, or you can you can swap them out. Because I think I think the the Titans running game is is pretty easy to figure out. I'm not saying that means you you can easily stop it because clearly you can't uh, try to stop Derek Henry is not an a mean feat unless you're the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, unless you're the Ravens, uh, who of course managed to stop them this week, but. I think I mean, it's very one-dimensional and and in my, many ways get the ball, run the ball, run through people. Yeah, <clears> if they can mix it up a bit and get teams guessing, then. Derek Henry had 19 receptions for 114 yards on 31 targets. Do you know what I mean? That's just not good enough, in my opinion. That's what if he wants to become uh, a legend in that. <clears throat> I think he's definitely one of the best running backs in the league. Of course, he is in terms of actual running. But in terms of overall, he's just not in that category with Kamara and um, I was about to say Stefan Diggs, Kamara and Dalvin Cook um, and McCaffrey and things like that. You just it's just not happening. Um, and I feel like I'm being a wee bit harsh on him, maybe because I've got him in my dynasty league and I'll try my best to draft him again in ESPN <laughs> this season. But he needs he needs to do a lot better. His, his career high for a season is 206 yards. That's not. I think a lot. that has to change. Aye, that's not a lot. You're right. Let's. Move on then, Mikey, to one of the running backs you mentioned in that spiel there, Alvin Kamara, his, uh, his New Orleans Saints, I'm going to say limp to a victory, 21-9 against Chicago, again, this was another one, the NFC disappointed me, I didn't like the Seahawks game, I didn't like this New Orleans game either, um, it was, uh, I don't have words to describe it, Chicago this game Bears, was awful, uh, Chicago Bears shouldn't have been in the playoffs to begin with, um, can you imagine this same team against the the Vikings with Dalvin Cook and Justin Jefferson or against the Cardinals with Kyler Murray and Hopkins? Can you imagine how much better this game would have been? Yeah. The, the Bears have been nothing all season and they've sneaked into the playoffs by playing crap football. And I know I'm a Packers fan and that maybe sounds a bit harsh, but the they just I just of all the teams that made the playoffs, I just feel that they did not deserve to be in it at all. The one thing I enjoyed is that the Bears were nearly going to be, what, the first team to not score a touchdown in a wildcard weekend or something like that until Jimmy Graham with that catch. Actually <laughs> caught the most ridiculous touchdown ever and then just ran straight out of the tunnel. <laughs> I'll do it. She's later. <laughs> uh, if, that, if that's a swamp song for the, for the Bears, then that's not a bad way, far to, way go to go out. Or even it in the NFL, yeah. Unbelievable. I think, um, but the, I think it was probably a good a, thing that this game was game. on... I think it was probably a good thing that this game was on Nickelodeon in America um, oh, yeah. because it was it, it, it was almost like a, a kids' TV program. It was just utter f- fantasy and rubbish. Um, 
Aye, not not exciting. I don't think it ever lined up to be that exciting, to be honest. You look at the way the Bears have played this season, they've been guff. I actually don't think the Saints have played very exciting football at times this season. It's just been what you come to expect to the Saints. Um, aye, it'll be interesting to see in their next game when they actually maybe have a bit of a test. Um, whether they can turn it up a bit and 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 flick into the next gear because again, same way the the box were against Washington, uh, the Saints didn't even really need to try here. I think they just kind of coasted to this win. To be honest, yeah. I honestly, I don't have anything else to say about this game, Mikey. Do you have anything else? Yeah, I think one thing that this, I think the Saints are due a big performance. They, they've barely played any snaps with Breeze, Kamara, and Michael Thomas together throughout the season. Obviously, with uh, Breeze's injury and Michael Thomas being out for a lot of the season, so I thought it was going to be this game that they were going to go off. Um, I know Michael Thomas and Kamara both scored a touchdown, but it, yeah, they kind of stumbled over the line, as you said. I, I but then in saying that, I don't know if that game is going to come against the Bucks D. That's that's the issue that I, I see. But um, I think the biggest talking point from this game was the the Javon Wims play. So he made a 28-yard reception on the sideline. And I think it was ruled as a no-catch and then they overturned it. And it was a phenomenal, phenomenal catch um, to keep his feet in play. And then maybe one or two snaps later, Trubisky throws. And it's not an overstatement. He throws a perfect pass yeah. to Javon Wims in the middle of the end zone. And it falls through his hands. Um, that would have just completely changed the shape of the game. Massive. I honestly think the Bears could have possibly went on and won that game. And I know that sounds weird saying that when I've said about the Bears' regular season and this performance. But as we've said many times, it's all about momentum, and that would have been huge for them because I actually think the Bears D actually played not too bad in this game. They yeah, made a couple of big plays, a couple of turnovers, um, and that's what you expect from the Bears. So they really needed this, and I feel bad for in a way for Mitch Trubisky as well because. He's been through a lot, and I've I've obviously rated him worse than our quarterback rankings as well. But you you throw that pass if if Javon Wims catches that, it changes the whole complexion of the game. It changes the momentum. It changes the Bears' D, and uh, obviously their momentum as well because they're going to want to make stops. It changes Trubisky's momentum as well, and I just think that I, th- I honestly will say that that's the, that was the biggest moment of the playoffs uh, this weekend was that drop because. It just completely changed the complexion of the game. The Bears looked down and out after that happened. So a real shame for Bears fans and Bears players because, yes, they didn't deserve to get to the playoffs, in my opinion, but they were there and anyone can win in a playoff game. And that pass really did change it all. But obviously that leads to now um, Tom Brady versus Drew Brees in the divisional round, which I think everybody's actually very excited to see, even though it's maybe people would have been more excited 30 years ago to see it. Yeah, yes, uh, two veteran QBs there. I was just looking at Mitch Trubisky, just as you were talking about the Bears there. This is the end of his fourth year, uh, obviously on his rookie deal. They've not taken up his fifth-year option. Do they pay him, or does he go to free agency? I think the Bears would be silly not to pick him back up, if I'm being brutally honest. Do you? Yeah. No, I know that's. It's I can tell by the way you've reacted there. Like, what on earth do they it's, do? Yeah. They've got themselves it's into the playoffs, but they've, they've not got a they've not got a good draft pick, so they're not going to get a good quarterback out of the draft. They drop him to free agency. They lose themselves to Nick Foles. Now, as much as I love Nick Foles, he's not the guy to be the quarterback. I mean, they're already paying Nick Foles twenty odd million dollars. Yep. Yeah, so uh, I, I feel like it's. That, um, I feel like it's silly if, if they drop him. 
I think they keep him. The, the obviously some of the breaking news that's happened since this World Cup weekend is the Deshaun Watson saga. Uh, apparently, he obviously wants out of Houston after they signed Nick Casario as a GM, and they promised Deshaun Watson that he'd have a say in it, and it never happened. But um, there's been talks about him going. I've, I think I've literally seen him being told to go to every single team in the NFL and photoshops of them in every single jersey. But some of the big ones that are coming through are the 49ers and the Bears. They're the two. I'd hate to see them in the Bears because I love Deshaun Watson. So I hope it doesn't happen. And I hope they stitch, stick with Mitch Trubisky for the next 20 years. <laughs> I have uh, I have two things to say to end this game, or two things. Uh, one, obviously we'll have a stat. Uh, the Bears have now only defeated one team with a winning record this season. It was Tampa Bay in week five. So if they'd got through this somehow against the Saints and come up against the Bucks again, you never know. They, you wouldn't, never they know. wouldn't have had the Bucks though because it had changed all the seedings and oh, the Bears so would actually, played yeah. the Packers. Ah, I will. Um, but yeah, the fact, the fact that uh, there is a team in the wildcard round that have only beat one winning team this season is um, hmm. slightly concerning. Uh, the only other thing... And it's more. It's, I think it's probably an obvious question, but do you think what comes back to bite the Saints is the inconsistency of who they've had over the course of the season? As in, they go into this game next week against a very good Tampa Bay team, having not really had a lot of snaps with Breeze, Thomas, Kamara on the field. They've had interchanging quarterbacks. They've just not had a run of consistency where they've been able to get the offense going. Do you think that will come back to bite them? I think it'll give them no. freshness. Because the Saints are also 2-0 against the Bucks this season. Yeah. And that, oh, I, I, was like, just, I was just that, asking. I think, I think and again, uh, you know me, love a narrative. I think the whole Tom Brady in the playoffs coming up against the Saints who kind of choke in the playoffs, but the Saints are also 2-0 against the Bucks this season. Like the, the balance of the scales is very, very even for this game. Um, it come, And we've seen the Saints pour so many points on the Vikings and teams like that this season, but also really, really struggle against teams. We've seen it with the Bucks on both sides that can have amazing games and terrible games. This is literally just going to be a coin toss, I, I think, I think of who's going to show up, what team, what Bucks team is going to show up and what Saints team is going to show up. I think that's the, the biggest thing heading into this game. Um, and just when you said that stat there, the, the first stat um, reminded me that I had one on the Bears as well. Obviously, there's talks of Alan Robinson leaving the Bears this season. Um since entering the league, only 64% of Alan Robinson's targets have been deemed catchable. Of everybody that qualifies, of all 101 wide receivers that qualify, that ranks 93rd out of 101 qualifiers. So the talent is there. I think he's top 20 receiver in the league, yeah. for sure. Um, I just He just doesn't have the quarterback. I mean, he's been in, he's been in uh, Jacksonville, and now he's been in Chicago, where they've had struggling quarterbacks. You, you put him on that Chiefs team instead of Tyreek Hill. I'm not saying he put up better numbers than Tyreek Hill, but he's going to put up phenomenal numbers. He's going to put up a thousand yard uh, receiving season. That, that's how good he is as a receiver. Um, he just hasn't had the talent around him to, to show that in recent years. You know, so what, I'd, I'd like to see him get a, a move as well. What he should do is just go a little bit further north, uh, go to a place called Green Bay, uh, and then him and Devontae Adams alongside each other would be a nice wide receiving core. He, he'd be a good wide receiver three. For us, I think if he gets the team, if he gets the team. But again, in saying that, if Deshaun Watson goes to the Bears, we've seen Deshaun Watson and DeAndre Hopkins before. This could that could be a career renovation for Alan Robinson to the highest order. 
very don't much don't so. do it don't do it bears <laughs> don't do it bears please right can we move on to this last game oh my I thought we were doing a separate po- I thought we were doing a separate podcast for this game I um I think I can for the only, first quarter I can only describe the Cleveland Browns beating Aye, it's a four part podcast <laughs> the Cleveland Browns beating the Pittsburgh Steelers forty eight thirty seven as madness on paper but on paper that doesn't look like a that looks like a bit of a, a bit of a shootout a bit of a humble game maybe the Steelers had the lead a few times and stuff yeah nah no if I had to tell you that the Browns were up twenty eight nothing at half after the first quarter as you'd say um. And at half time they were up thirty five ten. I think that tells you all you need to know about this game. I think the one Browns just at one point us. were projected to win by a hundred and ten points to nil. <laughs> <laughs> that, that just says it all. That I know it was obviously that things like that, the projections are never going to happen because teams make comebacks and the Steelers did. But um, oh my god, the first snap of the game we could do a that whole just podcast the just on that. doesn't it? <laughs> Unbelievable. Like, set the tone for the game. You know, in, in the in the game book, it describes that first snap as Ben Roethlisberger aborted. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> to be fair. Because <laughs> it's not even his fault. No, no. it says Ben Roethlisberger aborted. I mean, it... Pouncy fumbles at Pittsburgh twenty-two. Touched at Pittsburgh two. Recovered by Cleveland Joseph at Pittsburgh minus two. Touchdown. But the thing is, as well, like if if you're looking on paper, you think, okay. Steelers have stumbled into the playoffs after going 11-0, but they've got so much experience in that team. The Browns are making the playoffs for the first time in 20-odd years. Hardly any of them have played in the playoffs before, if anybody. Like it's, And then you think, right, as an offence, getting the ball first, you've got one of the most experienced centres in the league in Marquise Pouncey and Big Ben as well. And you're thinking, right, just just you know, keep a lid on it. We're at, we're at home as well, that's the thing. Just keep a lid on it. And they go and do that. And the thing is as well, James Conner runs and pushes the ball out of the way when he runs into the end zone to try and save it and kind of throws it into three Browns players' hands. I just, complete madness. There's, there's no other way to describe it. The most amusing thing about that was trying to see Big Ben run back to get it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it was... You could have stopped that sentence short and just said, just try to see Big Ben run. Aye. <laughs> he, he, Unbelievable. He's just, he's just not, a, not a man with the shape um, to, be, to be running back to recover that. Big Ben uh, threw. Just, just it, t- it talking about Big Ben, Kai. To... I've just looked at this stat, and this is crazy. He threw the ball sixty-eight times in this game. I think were you not saying, Mikey? That's the, the most for it someone's yeah. ever thrown so, the ball in a in a playoff game. He was, he was forty-seven for sixty-eight for five hundred and one yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. But that's an NFL record for completions in a game, either regular or postseason. That looks like a stat so you line. An NFL record. That looks like a stat line you have when you play Madden, Mikey. It, well, yeah, it's... I like to throw the ball a lot. <laughs> <laughs> See if you if you isolate Big Ben there, right? Not knowing the score, if you isolate it and say he's thrown the ball forty-seven times for five hundred and one yards and four touchdowns, you go, oh I my, they must have won that game. They must have won that <laughs> game by mile. But then you also factor in the fact that uh, there was four interceptions and. In the first quarter, they were twenty eight nothing down. He didn't have a choice but to throw the ball. Um, to go from one, sorry, what were you going to say? No, no, on you go. Okay. I was just going to say to flip from one quarterback to the other, like Baker Mayfield, giving his dues was phenomenal again. I thought solid, uh, phenomenal was a bit. Yeah, well, in a playoff game, so much pressure on his back, and he goes and throws two hundred sixty three yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions, like. 
he did his job um, and obviously other players did their job too. It's always easy to Quite, do your job though when you've yeah. got a 28 point head start though, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, you can just dump the ball off to a running back and, and tell them to do the job. He woke up feeling, Baker Mayfield woke up feeling dangerous. Let's, <laughs> let's make that abundantly clear. He woke up feeling dangerous. But yeah, just there's there's too much to even touch on. Like the, the Steelers, obviously the, the Colts game uh, in week 16 or 17. Colts went out to a big lead and we were saying that the Steelers are never going to recover 21 points and they did and they got the win and it was the first kind of time you've, you've seen them battle back from their struggles which they haven't been able to do against the Bengals and, and such um, but 28 now you're thinking there's, there's no chance and I felt this game was a very long game in terms of actual time um, because I was falling asleep and waking up and I fell asleep at one point then I woke up and it looked like it was like a two or three score game. And I was like, Jesus, how's this even, how's this happened? I think it was a two score game at one point. Um, but just the fact that the Browns have done that without Kevin Stefanski as well is huge. I think that was the big X factor in this game is they didn't have their, their head coach on the field. Um, as much as we say there's too much to talk about, I honestly don't think there's much else to say on this game because it was just crazy, just absolutely crazy, just Ha-ha, Juju. That's all I'll say. <laughs> I have one question to ask about this game because I agree, though it was hugely scoring, there was the hilarity with you know the fumble at the start and then two interceptions for Big Ben in the first quarter. Um, my question is about Big Ben. And should Big Ben retire? All a day? Yeah. That's my I question. So. I think he should. I think the quarterback market this year in the draft class is good enough to, to take a punt on someone. Um but if they stick with Ben another year, unless they, they draft a quarterback and they can they can hold him behind Ben for another year, but you you think about like the kind of well I know we haven't really spoke about it, but the Carson Wentz situation just now and the kind of the Dak Prescott situation, things like that, and you know the Sean Watson, Mitch Trubisky, like you name it. I think there's people there that can carry your team at least for now, as opposed to Big Ben, and maybe sit behind another quarterback. It's either that. Or you keep Big Ben for another season and you draft a quarterback and have them sit behind them. I think those are the two options the Steelers need to look at just now. Yeah, because you've got a lot of the kind of older quarterbacks, like say Breeze and Brady, they look after themselves. That's how they're able to still play at that age. <laughs> Big Ben does not look after himself. He looks like a similar physique to me and I'm not a sports person. So like, how how is he going to last longer, you know, uh, than, than what he's reached just now? I think, he's, I, think, I think it would be good for him and good for the Steelers if he didn't come back. I think if you'd never seen American football before, but you would explain, you knew all the positions, you would think that Big Ben was like an offensive lineman. <laughs> he's just, he's the wrong shape, isn't he? For a quarterback. Yeah, he's not, like you see when you see him like maybe in the meetings with all the, the offensive linemen, you think, oh, this is just an offensive lineman meeting, but nah, it's a quarterback meeting and Big Ben's the guy that's trying to win you Super Bowls. So, um, but yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they did part with him, but again, I, I'd like to see them maybe draft a quarterback, maybe in the latter stages of the first round and uh, keep them keep Big Ben for another year or do they just get rid of Big Ben and, and take a punt and see see who they can pick up because I mean there's going to be quarterback going all over the shop I think in this off season yeah. um, do they maybe look to try and see if they can nab somebody uh, or look to one of the teams that are, are maybe going to go elsewhere for a quarterback to, to steal them I mean I don't think it's in the Steelers' best interest to keep hold of them. I think if they want to try and improve on what they've done this season, I know that's obviously difficult because they've got to the wild card round, but I don't think 
by many people's admissions, it's been the most glamorous way of getting there. I think they've kind of rode their luck a few times. Yeah. Um, and if the I mean, if the backroom staff and the and the upper echelons have anything about them, they'll look at that and go, "We've got lucky. Let's not rest on our laurels and try it again. Let's actually try and rebuild it and and try and um, make it a staple thing. That that's where they get to, and they they go further in the postseason with a good team." I mean, they they are probably going to draft somewhere between 15 and 20 in the first round, if they still have their first round pick, I believe. Um, yes, you're not going to get a Justin Fields or a Trevor Lawrence, but you could potentially get a Matt Jones, who's just won a national championship. You, you could potentially get a Kyle Trask or someone like that. It's And to have them sit under Big Ben for a season is not a bad thing for a, for a rookie quarterback that's maybe not ready for... Um, for a starting job straight away, so I, I, I think that that's probably the most logical thing for them to do is to to draft a quarterback in the first round, and have the, have Big Ben play for for one final year. Pittsburgh will be the twenty fourth pick. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe not, maybe not Mac Jones, etc. Then, but there's there's this is a huge quarterback class, and there's there's maybe one of those kind of. Still a first round pick or an early second round pick that could potentially be a, a, a game changer that we've just maybe not seen it at the college level yet, or they've been playing at maybe a less competitive level than the Alabamas and the Clemsons, etc. So it, it, I think that would be the best thing for, for them to do at the time being, but that obviously remains to be seen. Recent I think if they're going to do that. Sorry, on you go, okay. No, I was just going to say, I think if they're going to do that, if they're going to go deeper in the quarterback class, I think that then they're better suited keeping Ben and having somebody sit behind them. Yeah. I think the only sure, reason. Yeah. I think you would only be comfortable enough dropping Ben or, or, you know, moving on from him if you had one of the very, very top quarterbacks, um, one of the most elite tier quarterbacks out of the draft, or you'd got an experienced quarterback from another team. I'm not meaning like an older experienced quarterback, even just one that's proven himself with, with a couple of seasons in the NFL. Um, yeah. I mean, we'll wait and see. Yeah, I think um, another place, to be honest, I think they could do with driving somebody is at running back. I don't think James Conner's the answer. I James Conner is guff. Yeah, the whole running back room struggled. They've struggled to run the ball. Um, and some of the recent mock drafts, I've seen a lot of them taking their first pick. Uh, Travis Etienne out of Clemson um, as the, the first pick for Pittsburgh. And I think that could be a good fit. Uh, I certainly yep. don't think James Conner is... The answer. I think they thought Connor might be the answer after they lost Bell because uh, he had quite a good first season, but uh, he certainly struggled so far um, this year. What about our new friend, Master Teague the Third? Master Teague the Third, yeah, never <laughs> running, know. running back out of Ohio State, yeah. Master Teague the Third. Draft him on namesake alone to go along to go along with Juju Smith Schuster and Ben Russell Pottersberger. <laughs> um, one uh, one last thing, just on this game. Do you remember when the Steelers were eleven and zero? And I'm sure the PHFL podcast said <laughs> this might be the worst eleven and zero team we've ever seen. Well, since then they've won one game and lost five. So I think uh, I think we might have been right when we said they were the who worst. Was the, who was the winner game? Who did they beat? Uh, I don't the know. Colts, the Colts. Oh, the Colts. Was it, was it that uh, Johnny Taylor's Colts? Was it? Hmm, hmm. The Colts who also made the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. Like... It's, but, uh, but we said the Colts think... had the problem at quarterback, though, didn't we? So we were right there yeah, as so well. Good. They've beat a, a rubbish team. Yes. Uh, but I would say that that's a massive momentum thing for the Browns. They are coming off of beating the Steelers twice in the space of two weeks. They've 
got into the playoffs for the first time in, in God knows however many years. They've got the win in the first round. Like, if they go out now, if they go and play the Chiefs and, and lose, then so be it. Nobody's going to discredit them for losing to the Chiefs, but that might work in their favour. They go There's into that Chiefs game. Sorry, just two options for the Steelers as quarterback if they're not drafting a quarterback. I'll give you two names. I'll give you one and then let you let me see your thoughts and then another one. This is, if, as Kai said, if they're trying to bring in someone maybe round about just over the age of 30 that could potentially be on the move. First one is Cam Newton. Mm, nah, yeah. I can't see it. Not in Pittsburgh. That rece- a decent receiving core there and obviously... They need a someone a bit of a mobile QB. Um, I can't see it. I, I can see the logic behind it, like you say, but I just can't see it. I don't think he's strong enough throwing the ball. I don't think I he's shown enough. And, don't shown enough uh, this year. No. And then the second one, um, Matt Ryan. I don't think he'll go for the Falcons because of cap reasons. I think he'll cost too much in the cap penalty for the Falcons to go. Though I did throw the idea of Ryan going to the 49ers, I I still don't think the Falcons will actually do that this year. If if you take Cap out of it, I think Matt Ryan would actually be quite a good fit for the the Steelers if if they they sort the running issue. Uh, If they bring in someone like Travis Etienne at running back, um, they've got very good receivers. Questionable sometimes. um, Slappy Hands Johnson being one of them, uh, and Juju on that hands, logo. hands, everyone. I know. <laughs> you know, you know. Honestly, uh, but I think if they have somebody good that can throw the ball, I would say deep as well. Big Ben just can't throw the ball down the field, whereas Matt Ryan still at least got a bit of an arm in him. You know, uh, what, you know what the right answer to the question is? Is the Miami Dolphins have got the third overall pick, and if the Dolphins do not want to take a quarterback, then they will be open to trade offers because our team will be looking for a quarterback. Because Lawrence, Wilson and Fields are basically going to be the first three picks. I think a lot of people think in terms of QB. Steelers just go and give the Dolphins loads of stuff. Dolphins will have taken more draft picks as well. Give them you know a couple of first round picks or whatever. Get your QB of the future to alongside this team because you've got a good defence. You've got good receivers. Deal with running back at some point. There's enough running backs in the NFL you can get one that's better than Connor and go and actually pick someone for the, the future. You know, for the next 10, 15 years. Yeah. There you go. I've just sorted it. I'm just thinking if I'm just thinking this, uh, just since I, I thought about it as Cam Newton, I just think that would be a, a very nice little spot for him to land because he hasn't had no wide receivers to throw to this season. And if you've got a, a very good wide receiver room who are probably going to be playing with a chip on their shoulder next season um, in the first... <laughs> <laughs> There's Mike, he's the playing with a podcast. <laughs> Mike Tomlin in the first time of his career with having a mobile quarterback. I mean, if I was a Steelers fan, it wouldn't be the worst thing to have. Are you, nice, trying to suggest, nice are you trying to suggest Ben Roethlisberger is not a mobile quarterback? Goodness me. <laughs> I mean, I, would I think... Um... His, let's move on while I check his career <laughs> rushing for the season. I mean, I mean, is it stupid to suggest they go with Mason Rudolph? They've had him in the organisation for so long. Do they just give him it and go on you go, son? You got us to, what, 7-9 and nine last year? I mean, it would be on a risk, but I just don't think he's good enough, no. No, I um, he's not good enough. I said this to... I said this to a resident uh, Steelers fan, uh, my good friend Ahan, the other day after he was so confident that his little Steelers would beat the, the Browns. Um, I think, and you can put this as an outlandish claim, but we need to think talk about it at the end of next season. 
I think Mike Tomlin will have his first losing record as a head coach next season. That's that's my honest beliefs. There we go. Hear the music. Outlandish. Make his outlandish claim of the My singing gets better and better, doesn't it? Really, for that that drop. <laughs> yeah. mm. Certainly can't we'll get any, can't get any worse. Surely, can it? No. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, so have anything else to say about that before we we, we finish up? Only six games to talk about, so it's not a two-hour podcast this week. Big Ben yeah. rushed for eleven yards this season. Aye, eleven more than you. But. There was one game <laughs> when he rushed for more than Saquon. Yes, that was true, yeah. Was I mean, that's right. that's not flipping hard, because Saquon's been out with a ACL injury. To be fair, surely every week he's rushed more than Saquon, because yeah, Saquon's, Saquon's only not rushed. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not in the games that he's taken these when they were 11-0, but oh, that's, that's true. a thing of the past now. That's very true. Right, I'm, I'm kind of all off... off uh, Guard here because it doesn't feel right, does I, it? I'm kind of I'm I'm not used to to what we have to do here because normally at this stage this is when we we talk about uh, predictions, isn't it? I mean, we can we can talk about because our prediction league to come back. We can do our playoff predictions again. Yeah, yeah. Our predictions obviously finished last week, didn't they? Um, uh, and make you win them. Let's move did, on. Did make you win that? Um, and we've started a, a kind of small one for playoffs, a separate thing. Uh, but we'll come to that after our two minute warning because as uh, we have been doing. We kind of predict who we think is going to win the Super Bowl um, through the playoffs. Uh, I wonder how many of the teams we actually predicted are still in. I know the Seahawks are out now. You know, I think I think most of the teams we predicted would get to the the, the Super Bowl are still in it. Just actually, since since you've said that, sorry, the I remember seeing something and I wanted to save it for after the first round of exits in the playoffs. The top ten highest earning playoff performers, so the the top ten people who are playing in the playoffs. I think for Wild Card Weekend, um, yeah, for Wild Card Weekend, there was the ten highest paid players. The six of them got eliminated. Yep. So big money doesn't always get you. I think Adam, you spoke about it before the podcast. If you get a a good quarterback in on a rookie contract, you can fill cap space around them and focus on money elsewhere. While you've got still got them in the rookie contract because Russell Wilson gone, uh, Cleo Mack gone, Philip Rivers gone, Big Ben gone. DeForest Buckner gone, Ryan Tannehill gone. So from the wild card, the only people still remaining, Jared Goff, Tom Brady, Aaron Donald, and Drew Brees. Obviously, you've not not including Mahomes and Rogers, etc. From the from the, those two teams, but um, I just thought that was a a bit wild seeing all those high paid players kind of doing nothing after getting paid all those big bucks. Well, yeah, that is the point. As you say, I was making before the podcast, uh, especially in the AFC, you've got Baltimore, Buffalo, Cleveland, and Kansas City, and technically Mahomes is still on his rookie contract this year. Um, so all four of those teams have got QBs on rookie deals, but they can put a good team around them. And as you said, that's exactly what we do. You pay, uh, you don't don't pay for stars. Stars are great, you know, selling shirts and whatever. But you want a well-rounded, good team to to get you to these places. And that's what's happened with a lot of these teams. Although, not a not an outlandish claim whatsoever. But I think in six months' time or whatever, whenever the the re-signing process is. Josh Allen will be the second highest paid quarterback in the league behind Mahomes. A thousand percent. They are going to throw the bank at him. Very probably. Hundred percent. Yeah. Right. Um, we've got four games then, don't we, to to work our way through the playoff picture. Now we've got, we've got two in in mm-hmm. each in each uh, conference. Um, do you want to lead us on this, Mikey? Again, since it's your little game. Yep, we'll do Cleveland Browns at the Kansas City Chiefs. This will be quite quick. Um, 
I'm Good. going to throw a wild ball at this. A curved ball, that's not it. That's the word, isn't it? Not wild ball. A wild ball. A wild ball at you. <laughs> a curved ball. Kansas City have been off for a week. Patrick Mahomes have been off for two weeks because he sat out week 17. Cleveland are on a high, on a roll, on form. We talked about momentum. Kansas City, towards the end of the season, were only winning games by one score. Cleveland Browns win this game at Arrowhead. Clearly, our good friend Sean Flynn and resident Cleveland Browns fan has too much money to play around with to pay Adam to come out with such a ridiculous (laughs) game. Um, the polar opposite of Adam. I know I said that, <laughs> that potentially the Browns come in here with a lot of momentum, but I think the Chiefs come out with all the playoff experience from last year, all the firepower they've got. I think they blow the Browns away. I just the, the thing I think will make a big difference is the the Chiefs won't make the mistakes that that Big Ben and the Steelers did. They won't let the Browns get out to the start that they did, and I think that's ultimately what made them beat the Steelers because actually the Steelers showed in very large parts, that they were probably better than the Browns. I know that's a weird thing to say, but more experienced, I think the Chiefs annihilate them. Even if the Chiefs go 28-0 down, you've seen it last year in the playoffs. They they come back. back from that, no problem. (laughs) I am going to be in the you too. I'm going to be on the fence, but the wind's blowing me over to Kai's side. I think the Chiefs will win, but I don't think it will be... I think it will be a very close game, and I think it will be a, a very fun game to watch. So I'm going to take the Chiefs with that. To hit the AFC Championship. If the Chiefs come out to win, the, the one thing I would say, if the Chiefs come out and go ahead, I think Baker starts getting erratic and I think he throws the game away. Yeah. Yeah, that's a big so, X factor there in the we'll, game. We'll see what happens. And then we've got <laughs> the game we were the game we were desperate to see in the playoffs, the Baltimore Ravens at the Buffalo Bills. I'll start because I think Baltimore. You're absolutely splitting us right down the middle. Uh, Bills for me. I, did, I said it in the analysis of the games this week. I just don't think the Ravens were that good. And if they have a performance like that again, I think the Bills have got enough in them to, to pick them off. I um, but, wouldn't be surprised at all if the Ravens won it at all. But I have been given no reason to believe that the Bills will lose this game. The last time they lost was that uh, Hale Murray against the Cardinals. That was the last time they lost. That was a long time ago. Yep. Um, and so yeah i'll take i'll take the i mean i've wrote the ravens down here but i'll take the bill <laughs> see uh see the thing is like i, I know I, I really like the bills and I've, I've not been quiet about that this season but to be honest if the ravens win i'm also like delighted for them because i like them as a team yeah. um i just hope it's a good game because it shapes up to be very good yeah again we spoke about the, how good the AFC games were this week and how bad the NFC games were. I think that's going to be a recurring theme this weekend as well. I think Ravens, uh, Ravens, Bills and Browns Chiefs are going to be excellent and Rams, Packers might be maybe low scoring, I don't know, and Bucks, Saints, you never know as well. So hopefully that will be proven wrong. But AFC Championship, Kansas City Chiefs are at home with the Buffalo Bills visiting. In that case, I would choose the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills, I said. Sorry, that totally like cut up. Under the car for you, so I was like, I, was waiting, I, was, I, was, I thought we were, we were waiting on Kai to speak there. He loves a bit of radio silence. <laughs> <laughs> no, like it totally froze, and I was like, why is Adam not saying yeah, it? Yeah, Buffalo Bills. Um, Buffalo Bills, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think so. 
I think the again momentum massive big thing um and to come through two two big playoff games and obviously what they did in the regular season high on confidence um yeah i'm i'm gonna go the bills but again obviously wouldn't be a massive surprise if the chiefs won what what would you have said mike just out of curiosity (laughs) Ah, it doesn't matter anymore. Um, <laughs> oh, no, oh, come on, come on, you oh, need to give your opinion. <laughs> don't take the half. Uh, 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 <laughs> I really don't know. I, I, it's one of those where if I'm looking at, if I know that the Packers are in the Super Bowl, I, I don't know who I want to face, honestly. I really don't. Um, so you're, you're looking at it from the perspective I, of who would you rather play rather than who do you think will win? <laughs> if I'm, I'm just looking at that game alone, I think the Chiefs would win. If I, I, I think the Bills... Yes, they've made the playoffs for the first time and they got their first one in so long. But I think they come short. I've said this previous podcast, they'll maybe just fall short this year. But I've said it before, I think the next two, three, four years they're gonna be they're gonna be Super Bowl champs um if they play their cards right. Um so the Chiefs versus so we have the Los Angeles Rams travelling to Lambeau Field. Uh, Packers, and here's just a quick thing Packers, before please. you say anything. Packers, no, I'm just going to say the anyway. Packers have just signed. The Packers have just signed tackle Jared Veldia, and if he plays a single snap in this game, he'll be the first player in NFL history to play with two teams in the postseason in the same season, because he played with the Colts in the loss against the Bills, and then he's been signed to the practice squad for the Packers. Obviously, with the new practice squad eligibility, that's the only reason nobody else has done it in the past um, because of COVID and things like that. But um, he yeah, just keeps he doing it until. Person. He'll just jump about things that keep progression, and then he'll just pack a team yeah. in the Super Bowl and get well, a rig out. That's what he's, that's what he's there done. Was, there was rumours he was just standing out. He was just standing outside Lambeau Field waiting to get picked up, and then if they lose, then he'll, he'll be waiting outside Tampa Bay or New Orleans waiting for a job. No, he's already done that. He, he's he thought I'll just go to the team that's going to win the Super Bowl. He's just went to the Packers. So ah, right, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I, I understand that completely. I would so, pick the, I would pick the Packers. Rams. Sorry, totally. Uh... Just to give Mikey a decision to make between his head and his heart, I'm going to say the Rams because I, mean, I think they're defense. <laughs> the Rams have Packers, got, 100%. the Rams have got Donald slightly injured and they don't have a quarterback. And if they do have a quarterback, it's going to be golf with a broken. And you're thumb. giving so you and you're you giving Aaron Rodgers a week off. You've said all season that you need you desperately need a wide receiver too. Now going into this game with someone like Jalen Ramsey, who will absolutely shut Devontae Adams down, he will do everything in his power to stop him getting the ball. That's where I think the Packers might struggle. I think Tunyon, pronounced like an onion, will have a good game. I was just about to say that. And I think we've seen in single games this season someone step up to the plate to become the wide receiver too for that single game, whether it's MBS or Equinemius St. Brown or uh, Daphne, Dominic Daphne. Lazard King. Alan Lazard. And obviously Alan Lazard as well. So... I think one of them will step up to the plate. And we've seen it as well when, when Jalen Ramsey's not on Metcalf. Metcalf scored two touchdowns. And I, I think I'm really looking forward to it. I love defensive backs. I think it's my favourite position in the NFL. So I'm I'm all for this matchup 100%. But I'm, I'm going to take the Packers, of course. You, a week from now, Packer tears from Mikey and Adam 
as the Rams progress. But yeah, no. But then, then I'll be, then I'll be, then I'll be jumping on my Rams bandwagon. The, the biggest Rams fan in the world. So that's okay. <laughs> well, no, I did say that they were my team. Can I thought that we were maybe going to win the Super Bowl from about week three, around about the time you were on the Bills. So I'll, I'll just jump on that bandwagon. It will be a bandwagon, but I'll, I'm jumping on it. Don't care, don't care. Um, and then on the history channel. Drew Brees. Oh, he stole my part. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw it during the week. Uh, I think the Bucks in that one. I will jump on my bandwagon, which I've been on for quite a long time, with the Bucks as well. I think the Bucks are gonna are gonna do this. I think Brady will yeah. get his own back after Brees has beaten him twice. Uh, I think the the Bucks are warming up just at the right time. So we have Tom Brady oh, versus on, you Aaron Rodgers. You can't shift that one again. You, as much as we've decided, you still need an opinion on it. Come on. You've never asked me for opinions in previous weeks. Uh, um, normally, 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 they're not worth anything. But... I would have went. <laughs> I would have went the. I would have went the Saints. I think this Saints offense is is due to explode. I said earlier today that I don't know when it will happen. If it happens this week, I think they'll go through. I think Alvin Kamara and and Co are going to be ready for dethroning Tom Brady. I think that's what they want. And I think they've got a little bit of leverage over the Bucks this season, obviously going 2-0. Um, but anyway, Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers, they've only ever played each other three times in their career. Tom Brady having a 2-1 to one record. And I think Aaron Rodgers equals that, and it's a Packers win. Yep. Uh, yeah, I think it's hard to see past the Packers there. I think the the... Yeah, Packers for me. I think it's maybe one step too far for the Bucks. Um, Super Bowl then. Kansas City Chiefs versus Green Bay Packers. The old guard versus the new guard. Aaron Rodgers, the gunslinger, versus Patrick Mahomes, the gunslinger. Chiefs for me, in that case. I think I, I don't. I don't think that. the Chiefs will get there personally, but if they get there, I think they beat the Packers. I think the Packers win. I think there's not enough in that Chiefs defense. Now I know they've got a good enough defense, but I don't think there's enough in them to stop Aaron Rodgers, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, and Co. I think they probably run all over them and I think the Packers just have enough on defence. They have the likes of Jair Alexander and, and um to to kind of nullify the the Chiefs a wee bit. But again, I still don't think the Chiefs will get there. I think to to go on from Kai's point is that you're looking at who's gonna win this battle between the Chiefs D and the Packers D. And I think the Packers do have a little bit more. And I think Aaron Rodgers. I mean, we seen in the playoffs last year that the Chiefs had their their, their cracks. Like they they they, they were leading. They were uh, coming out to losses to start the game in deficits. And yes, they overturned them. But that that can't be sustained over a long period of time. So I'm going to take the Packers here because I think Aaron Rodgers' game management will get them over the line in this one. I think the master of the hard count, just all those little aspects that make a, a legend quarterback are the things that maybe Mahomes is going to learn from watching game tape this week. But State Farm are going to have a field day watching this game if it's the Packers and, and the Chiefs in the, <laughs> in the Super Bowl. They're going to be making billions from this. So I'm going to take the Packers as well. Can I just ask a question, though? The Chiefs get to the playoffs. Any of the current remaining NFC teams, can you see beating the Chiefs in the Super Bowl if it was to, if we got to that as the predictions? What, sorry? 
Saints, Bucks, Rams. Saints, Bucks, Rams, or Packers. If they got to the, the playoffs, could any of them beat the Chiefs? I think the Packers would, and I think the my my answer is no. I would I would probably say <clears throat> I would probably say just the Packers. I think they would probably have too much. So for, let me flip that. Teams. The Bills win the AFC. Packers, Rams, Saints, or Bucks. Can anybody beat the Bills in the playoffs? I think the Bills beat them all. Uh, and I'm not just saying that. I generally think the Bills might could probably overcome them all. I think everybody except the Rams would beat the the Bills. See, that's what I was edging towards as well. I think Josh Allen's not been put up to a test of a mean, mean defense yet. Um, and that that could be a difference, but that's obviously talk for another day. I was just curious. I would say, so we have the, I would say the Colts. I would say the Colts is quite a mean defense, if I'm honest. Yeah, see, I, I think I think if the Bills got there, I think the Packers, the Saints, and the Bucks would would beat them. I don't think the Rams would. I don't think their quarterback plays good enough. I would. I personally think we're too high on the Saints. Well, we. I think the two you're too high in the Saints. I just don't think they've shown anything this season. I mean, to can, say I also, that can I also point out that I've got the Bucks beating the Saints this weekend, so I'm not yeah. usually high on them, but I still think... No, but I mean, as in, like, I just don't know what they've shown this season, apart from they are the Saints, they've got good players. I think like, they've, they've got, I think they've they've got the best... They've not shown at any point to be massively electric I against... I th- think they've got the best overall roster in the whole league. But again, that's what we said, didn't we? Like, it doesn't matter who you've got, it's how they play. Yeah, I agree. But I think you I can think... have a very good team, but do nothing with it. And I just don't think the Saints have done anything worth it this season. Not so far. But I think they they could have a chance of doing it. Personally, I think the Bucks will beat them. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. I like this debate. Uh, but this is what it, this is what it needs. Got Aye, fire exactly. in it. Um, but we'll quickly jump to the two minute warning. Then this is going to be a quite short two minutes after the two minute warning. Because we've got, uh, we've got no timeouts. Yeah, no timeouts <laughs> at all. It's just going to fly through. No uh, huddle. Looking at the the wild card weekend, I'll be honest, Mikey. I'm going to quickly go through four of the games because we sweeped four of the games uh, correctly. By all means, go for it. Yeah, so we all had Buffalo to beat the Colts. Uh, we all had Tampa Bay to beat Washington. Uh, we all had Baltimore beating Tennessee, and we all had New Orleans beating Chicago. The other two games, the other two games, are where we had our uh, kind of debates. So the the Rams against the Seahawks. Uh, I believe I had me, that one. Me and Kai both had the Seahawks. I think we were expecting a a classic Russell Wilson performance, but it never happened. Certainly a lot better than that performance. Yeah. And then uh, yeah. the Browns beat the Steelers. I had Corvette, Corvette. I had the Browns. Browns going to Browns. Browns are going to be the Browns. Simple as that. I, had, I, I hate the Steelers. <laughs> so so in, our, in our post-season predictions... How is that leaving the table then? Yeah. Well, I mean, how many games have we got left? We've only got where, one, two, three, five games left? Yeah. No, no, no. No. Seven, 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 seven games left. Seven games, yeah. Seven games left. So um, we're basically almost halfway through the predictions anyway. So Kai is on four out of six, just miles behind, just so far off it. It's unbelievable. Just ridiculous, miles. pathetic. Yeah. Miles. Just... I mean, I don't know if we should maybe replace him on the podcast. And myself <laughs> and Adam on five out of six. Five, yes. Uh, the Steelers letting me down in that, that pick. Yeah. 
But yes, yes. So that's but, how we um, are in our post-season post-season predictions. Uh, me and Mikey leading the way over Kai, uh, who only has four. Uh, I don't think we have anything else to say, do we? Unless Kai wants to defend himself from being so bad at predictions. I need to. I'm a champ this year. You're a champ. Oh, I'm a champ as well. Suck it, yeah. suck it, Mikey. Yeah. yeah. I'm a prediction <laughs> champ. This is my yeah. wheelhouse. Exactly. To be fair, this is all Mikey cares about. He's going for his second championship of predictions. <laughs> and then you'll only have one, and I'll have two. That's that's the holy grail. <laughs> two predictions championships. That's the. Yeah. You're gonna get a big, massive, huge trophy for it, and like get it papered in your I'm wall. Really and well. stuff. Put it in the I'm in the middle of getting an extension. I'm in the middle of getting an extension <laughs> down in the house. Just to get the trophy wheel done. Regular season predictions. <laughs> then I mean, get a, get a roof put on and get an extension put onto that as well. But that's what before, the player before this we'll descends into insanity, uh, I think I'll, uh, I'll I'll end the show there before we start talking about Mikey's extensions in his house. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- thank you for joining us, Kai and Mikey. Thank you for joining us today. Pleasure, as thank always. You. Yes, and uh, we'll be back next week when we discuss the four games of the divisional round, and we'll see how good we are at predicting who's getting through to those games. Uh, from all of us here at the PHFL, uh, we'll let's see go you... Rams! Yeah, go Pack, go. <laughs> Come on, yeah. We'll see you next bye-bye, time. Bye-bye, JJ. <laughs> bye-bye. <laughs>